All right, everybody, I hope that you are ready because this month's lesson is all about motivating your team. So let's jump in and see what Bill has to say. All right, I'm excited about being with you today because we're going to talk about a lesson I think all of us can benefit from, particularly if we have a team around us that we're trying to grow and trying to walk with on this journey to accomplish our goals. I call this lesson today, Motivating Your Team. And I say this, to succeed, you not only need a product that solves a problem, uh, and you need a good, growing team around you to help deliver that product, but you're also going to have to keep the team motivated. The fact is, is today, uh, when we think about motivating a team, there's so many distractions, so many different ways we can suddenly drift or, uh, or get off track. And so motivating your team is going to be one of those things you've got to constantly work at. The definition of a team is this. It's a group of people with different talents and abilities who come together to achieve a common goal. I remember that uh, hearing that when Ben Franklin and them signed the Declaration of Independence, he supposedly looked up at his fellow patriots. He said these words, we must all hang together, or most assuredly, we'll all hang separately. Now, what he's saying when he signed that was basically this, we got to stick together behind what we're doing. This is our goal to see a nation like this, so we have to all come together for it. My question is this, how do you get your team to hang together so that everybody doesn't have to hang separately, okay? And, and as I think about that, I think about a lot of teams I know that started off good but didn't stay, and, uh, and as a result of that, something happened to them that didn't have to happen. So our goal is to motivate a team to reach the goals and that at the end of it, everybody that started finishes and everybody is excited about it. There's a football coach named Bill Parcell who described his strategy on the football team. He said, when, what winning is in football, I'll bet is the same everywhere. And then he says, to get everyone on the same page and try to get the most out of everyone who's on that field. And that's a good idea, a good concept of what a team is about. So let me give you today some motivations that grow out of three areas of our life, okay? Here's how to, here's how to kind of get that, that fire stoked. Number one, you need a common goal. In order to, to really make the team gel and unite, you have to have a common goal. You have to know and communicate the goal clearly and often. Now, I say that because... Uh, one is, a lot of us know it, but we don't communicate it. And those that do, we communicate it, but we, we don't communicate it as clearly. Or if we communicate clearly, we think one time's enough. And I believe that teams are a lot like your family, that you're going to have to learn how to constantly say over and over and over until they're able to repeat or recite exactly what that goal is to be. So understand this. Every team member lives in their own busy world. They've got a lot of demands on them, a lot of distractions. And, and so if we are not careful and we don't communicate clearly and often, it doesn't take long before your goal becomes or the team goal becomes secondary and sometimes slips all the way back in priorities. Now, the, uh, the way that we do this is understanding this. I believe that being a part of a team that believes in what they're doing can be the most fulfilling part of a person's life. I know a lot of people that when they suddenly got on a, on a job or they got in a, in a volunteer organization, and, and they felt they were making a difference, they wouldn't trade that for anything. I mean, that to them 
was the whole passion that they had for their life. And so it's the leader's goal and the goal of the other team members to, to know and communicate the goals and to try to get everybody on, team, on, on board with it, and at the same time to make certain that everybody's excited about what that goal is. I often ask this question of myself. I, I think we ought to ask ourselves in our business this. Why do we exist? That's one. What's the purpose of the organization? Uh, another question is, if we went at a business today, what difference would it make? Uh, who would be affected if we walked out of business or quit today? What void would we leave in our region or area in, or in lives if we left? And what need do we really meet of someone else? If, if we can answer those questions, and I sometimes do that. Anytime I've hit a time where I've wondered purpose, direction, or even tired, I will stop and ask myself some of those questions in order to get back on track. Uh, and, and the reason I say this, if you know that you bring solutions, if you know you matter, then the question's got to be for us, then what's stopping us from being our very best? What's our plan to be our best? If I really know I've got a great product, or I know I'm, I'm, I'm on a right mission, then why don't I just pour every single thing I have into that mission? And, and that's why I say we want to do that. I, one, of my, one of my leadership hero gurus that I read is a guy named Jack Welch over that GE. And I remember a statement he made one time when he was talking about the businesses. When he, when he stepped in, he found out that GE not only had their business, but about four to 500 other businesses, small businesses, some related, some not. And I remember that one of the first questions they said he asked was this. He said, I want to know where we stand in comparison to other businesses just like those. And he said, if we're not number one or number two in our business, then shut it down, get out of it. Now, what he's saying is this. We want to pour our energy, our focus, our money into the areas that we know can be number one or number two. And, and I would say the same for you. If, if you can look at your business, your goals, your, your mission, your product, and you can say, now, if this is really necessary, if this meets a need, then why don't we decide that our goal now is to be number one with this? And what's keeping us back? And why don't we try to push ourselves to achieve a goal that's not out of reach, but maybe out of sight? And if we can have that kind of a mindset, I think we can start on the right track. So the key is, number one, the motivation, I've got to understand, is common goal. Now, the second is this. We're, we're talking about a team now. So if I'm thinking about a team, you need complementary skills and abilities. See, when you assemble a team, you have to do it according to the skills and the abilities that you need to achieve that common goal. And so you'll discover that there's going to be, everybody's got a gift. Your job now is going to be to find the people with the gift and put them in the right space. You can have the right people on a team. You can have good people on a team. But if they're not slotted right, they're frustrated and you never reach the goal. Uh, in fact, you know, in football, we probably see it probably as good as anybody about variety of people. You've got fast and tall receivers and ends. You've got broad and wide tackles and guards. You've got quick and very balanced backs. Um, you've got kickers. You've got quarterbacks with great arms. You've got, you've got a whole variety of people that are not in the same size, not with the same skills, and, and not even in the same role. And yet, when they get together and accomplish what they do, they do it because they work well as a team. And, and the key is going to be putting those right people in the right place. 
Uh, otherwise, if they're not, they put a lid on the team. So I say the, the first thing you need is a common goal. The second thing is you need complementary skills and abilities. And the only way you're going to do this, testing, learning, asking, finding out, watching, observing, what are the people on that team good at? What are they not good at? What is it that makes them win? What is it that makes them struggle? Where do they get a victory? Where do they, where do they seem to get a defeat or stay in that mode? And, and the more you observe them, the more you can say, now let me slot them into the right spot. Particularly in a team, if you've got enough to draw from, that's where you can really do some real uh, Im impactful success is by looking out and saying, I, I need this to get, get the goal, but guess what? I've got every one of those players that I'm going to need right here. And when you have that, it makes a big difference. The third is going to be this. I mentioned there's three motivations. The third is this. It's mutual accountability. Now, what I mean by that is every team member has to have in their heart and mind the desire that this is, this is so important and I have ownership and I want to make sure that the people beside me are also pulling their weight. And, uh, and there's a couple of things that you'll, we'll cover, time and deadlines, conflict, praise, celebration. Let me give you a few of those that help us with accountability. Number one is establish a timetable for results. Now, what I mean by that is whenever you set out to do your project, figure out what day are we going to execute that project. And, and the, the reason I say this is because that focuses you more when you have a definite date in mind to get that project done. And you'll have to do that, especially for the creative people. Creative people usually don't know when to put the paintbrush up. They just they want to make it better and better and better. And so it's hard for them to stop. That deadline will help them. Now, good team members will uh, let the main leader do the correcting and the challenging. But a great team member will correct and challenge each other. Uh, it, it, you know, you reach a certain level where if the team is correcting each other, challenging each other, getting synergy with each other. Uh, they don't need that leader to really be that hard or that driving or that big visionary. fact is, they'll pretty well help each other get there. I remember years ago, I was quail hunting with this uh, former coach at Auburn, and uh, Pat Dye, and, 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 and during the time, I remember that we asked him a question about winning. I'll never forget, he said, he said, I don't need all star players to win. I just need, I need one or two stars. But he said, but you can't win without a team. And, and honestly, through the years that I've been in ministry and, and leading people, I've discovered that teams make things much more uh, impactful. They, they really, they, when a team is gelling, there's nothing like it. I mean, that, when a team comes together, there's something about that dynamic that really makes the impact. And so uh, I, I know many of you lead teams. The best thing to do now is kind of follow this advice and see where they go. Now, here's, here's some things about the teams. Sometimes you're going to have conflict. My rule of that is don't ever let conflict go underground. Now, what I mean by that is if you've got an issue and there's a team member that somehow may have been hurt or felt slighted or been offended in some ways, if you're not careful, that they'll so, slowly slip back from the team. One day, maybe slip out of the team. And so... I, you'll, you'll notice it. It'll show up in, in production. It'll show up in morale and relationships in energy. And I say, as, as messy as it may be, if you've got team members that you sense have been offended or not on board, the best thing you can do is go in, close the door, talk to them, 
and try to see what you can do to get them back on the team. You need them, and they need to know they're needed. They need to know what place they play on that team. But if you allow conflict to go on the ground, it'll build resentment, it'll create walls and barriers, and you'll find ultimately it'll show up in everything else that you're doing. So resolve your issues quickly and directly if you can, okay? Now, another along that line is this, have high expectations of your team members. I mean, always aim for more. Uh, literally, I'm discovering the team that they, we have over here has been one of these that, that the, more you, the more you put the goal, the more, the more enthused they get for reaching it. They, they really are not afraid of high expectations, which makes a huge difference. Now, I, I say that because I believe that most people try to live up to the expectations of their leader. Most people want to. Most people say, if you've set that out, I can, I can reach that. And so don't set the bar so low that you can't tell who your winners are. Set it up high enough that you can figure out who's there and how far you can go with them. I, I've always said it's, it's, a, it's a good thing when a leader believes, uh, when, when, you know, when a team has a leader that believes in them. It's a good thing. But it's better when the leader believes in their team. And, uh, and, and there's, a, there's, there's the idea that you are valuable, and I want you to know that. And so the leader has to have high, very high respect, regard for that, those, those that are on his team. The, th the fourth one, the third one under that, just another thought, learn to respect authority. Um, I believe this, if you're going to exercise authority in the future, you've got to respect authority in the present. And, um, and your inner attitude toward authority is a reflection of your own character. So watch that one. There are a lot of good people I've seen that have really messed up when they were doing well, succeeding. Then somewhere they began to disrespect authority in their life. And as a result of that, they, they, sift, they, they drifted off and their lives later became shipwrecked. You don't want that to happen. And then I'd say this on, on that line, along, along the line of uh, accountability to each other. Personalize your praise. Let those who are doing well hear it. Let them know it. Uh, I, I, I read a statement years ago that most people would go to work and they'd work, they'd go to work earlier, they'd work harder and longer, and they would, uh, they would stay later. Not for the money, but just to know they mattered. Just to know they were making a difference. And what I, what I read out of that when I look at that information is that most people need someone to validate them, if especially if they're doing well. They're doing the job. They need to know they're doing the job. And, and so tell them so. Personalize it. And then if you have the opportunity, go public with your praise. Now, that means bragging on, bra you know, building up, letting others know this person did that. There, there's something that, uh, that puts fuel on the fire when one of the team members who's really done their best hears publicly from others and the leader that they've done the, 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 that they, you know, they were the reason for the success. What it does is now it's, it sets them among the peers in the arena of respect, and it gives them a better voice at the table. And, and as a result of that, your team usually unifies more. So my, my goal is on that, give public praise. Correction should be done privately, but praise, if you can ever do it, needs to be publicly. And so, and the reason for that is this, what you, what you praise gets repeated. So if you want good behavior in the, in the future, praise everything you can see worthy of praise right now in the present. All right, number four. Fourth thing the team needs is this. 
celebrate every win. All right, you ought to remember that one now, had you? Literally, it's this. I recently, and I think I got this from this thought. I recently watched an organization where there was a there was a hard charging leader, and I knew him and like him, and he gets it done. And they set a three year goal in their organization to reach something, and then they reached it. And I noticed right after that, they went right into another goal. They never celebrated that. And, and I looked at that and thought, that's a bad mistake. When you accomplish something, when you accomplish your mission or your goal, and that's personally, that's in your home, that's on your job, that's in your team, learn this principle. I learned it late in life. I wish I hadn't, but, but I learned it late, so I, I want to give it to you so you can get it early. But whenever you do accomplish something, stop and pause and do something to celebrate. If it's something big, then celebrate longer. If it's something small, just a small celebration will do, but celebrate. In fact, I noticed in the Bible, every time that they accomplished a victory, they would have a festival and uh, they'd have a barbecue. I mean, there's a goat, sheep, cow somewhere that's going to the grill because the, the, when they start laughing, start celebrating, start high-fiving, the fact is, is they're about to have a barbecue. And I would say to you the same thing. Whenever you win, if you want to keep the morale up in that organization, then celebrate every single win, big, little, whatever, celebrate it. Teams, I believe, need after parties. And so that's how you keep morale up. That's how you keep motivation up. My hope is that this will be of help to you in working toward the goal of motivating your team. Thank you for tuning into this month's BP Leadership Lesson. Each month, we share these lessons at a live luncheon to anyone in the Columbus, Georgia area. If you would like more information on dates and times of our upcoming luncheons, you can visit bpleadership.com.